Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 20th of February 2022. Hello, I'm Colin Baker. I've just finished recording Baben Ascending, and Big Finish have given me some questions to answer. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and it's that Big Finish time of the week again. Sit back, relax, and catch up with all the latest from our world of audio drama and audiobooks. Benji and I will be chatting about nothing in particular in a few moments' time. And then it'll be time for a good old review guide. That's right, the good review guide. This week we're (laughs) investigating... I know why you're laughing. We're investigating the reviews of the worlds of Blake 7... Avalon Volume 2 and we're applying Nick's incredibly complex marking system to these reviews Oh, that's going to be beyond exciting exciting. Baben the Butcher Baben the Barbarian Baben the Berserker Uh, Following that we're off behind the scenes with Stingray Monster from the Deep I'm Mark Silk I'm the voice of Troy Tempest Boom, 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 boom uh, then, as if summer has arrived early, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Now be overflowing with your thoughts, comments, and questions. In our also available segment, we return to the worlds of Blake 7 to tease you with a preview of the audiobook Baben Ascending, read by Colin Baker. And Colin does a little QA too in his own inimitable style. And the character of Baben leapt off the page invitingly. Then the random Moitzer Tron will, of course, be offering up a breathtaking 25% discount. On a oh. randomly selected Big Finish release. We welcome Elder Bones! Your welcome is received. And so we round things off with a free 15 minute drama tease of this week's blockbuster release Unit, the new series Nemesis 2, Agents of the Volprene, and an episode entitled The Man from Gallifrey by Andrew Smith, who's not from Gallifrey. The lava will submerge the arch for eternity. If we go through, there will be no coming back. Uh, What have you been up to this week, Benji? I can tell you exactly what I've been up to this week. Yes, that's what I want to know. Exactly. I've been no, making no sound estimations. effects. Exactly. No, the facts. Well, I can give you. I can give you it right right now. Uh, I've been making sounds for uh, for an upcoming big finish, and this I'll do it for you live. This is this is actually. Oh. I've got an old an old metal cigarette tin from years ago, yes. and my keys, and I've been going. And I've been wow. doing What's that. That, that is that? Well, wow! I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Ruined, <laughs> do you do anything key. to it? It's it's ironically it's a, no no I don't. Ironically, it is a key element to the story. I'll wow. say no more. Yeah. Say no more. But is it the, that, key that, time? the key to time. The key to time. The key to time. I love that. You <laughs> that. That's all I've been doing all week. I've I've now got uh, up to four hundred hours of just that noise. Um, that's a whole release. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. Really. What have you been up to? Oh, I don't know whether I, I have been making any noises. I could. Shall I just? I get that um, synthesizer that Jack Townley gave yes, please, me. Yes, please, please do, please I do. I have to go over to my bag. Just fill in while I go across the room. Okay, I'm going to fill in. I mean, I could just, I could just do this over and over again, couldn't I? But I feel like it, it might, it might bore people to, to the point of madness. The I don't know what you said. I had my cans on. Uh, it's all right, Nick. It's thought-provoking stuff. Oh, here we are. 
I love the way you've just stopped speaking because you're so amazed it's, by it. It's because we're, well, we're on we're on Zoom and I can't really hear it because it's, oh, can't, can't, it's oh. cancelling it out. You see? Oh yeah, it was the same. With- oh. Can you give us the sound of a science fiction door? No, because it's so random, it's really difficult to... (laughs) Hold on. Where's the reverb? Feedback, take the feedback off. There we are. That was good, actually. That is that is great. That's pretty good. I could find. I tell you, there's just all these random controls, and I managed to pull that out of the hat. I'm quite proud of myself. You did very well. You did very well. I might. It might be featuring later in the podcast. Well, we'll certainly find out. I mean, we've got the good review guide now. Can you give us a little theme for that? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clearly not. But um, never mind. Never. You tried, Nick. I, I, I appreciate I'm trying, that. Yes. Well, let's try and uh, find the latest positive reviews about Big Finish Productions, and uh, maybe we can recommend them for you. And as promised, this week we're looking at the worlds of Blake Seven Avalon Volume Two from Big Finish Productions. The Worlds of Blake Seven, Avalon, Volume Two. Who are you? Ar- Argo Madison. Baben, please. We really don't have much time. Baben the Butcher, Baben the Barbarian, Baben the Berserker, Baben the Beast. These are the names I have earned. I have worked hard to get where I am today, and I didn't get here by having a sense of humour or compassion. Do you understand? Dev, my dear boy, come and meet your crew. Oh, my God. Tarrant. Dev Tarrant. Avalon. What is this? Oh, I take it you already know one another? Yes, unfortunately. How long are we going to be stuck inside this tin can? Give or take a few hours. The round trip will take about 22 days. Where's the escape pod? Treat these cave dwellers as you would any vermin. Trap them, then kill them at your leisure. Take their blasters. Make sure they go to the people best able to use them. Madison, get the leader's hut open. We'll cover you. They're firing on us. I'm not a killer, Travis. Not like you. No. Then the real center is alive. I don't kill the innocent. A meaningless distinction. You assume their guilt because it suits you. It's expedient. One life or two or ten or fifteen hundred. What does it matter? Your cause was worth their lives. You're exactly like me. Big Finish. We love stories.
Just go to bigfinish.com and type Avalon Volume 2 into the search pane at the top to enter the worlds of Blake 7. Thank you, Orac. Uh, first up... Um, Ooh. We got uh, the return, actually, of Tony Filer, not to be confused with Tony Flyer or Bill Filer (gasps) or Filing Cabinet. Um, It's warpfactor.com. It says here, Avalon Volume 2 delivers all the way down the line on storytelling. It gives three very different mood pieces and advances our understanding of Avalon's timeline leading to Project Avalon. There are three absolute belting adventure stories here, any one of which could be worth the price of admission. Mm. Getting Colin Baker back as Baben is both a stroke of genius and borderline fan service. <laughs> but still, more please. You're sincerely uh, the, the fans. Um, <laughs> uh, showing uh, the impact of her actions on Avalon's relationship with Madison feels brave, but also true to the spirit of Blake Seven and giving Avalon a hardcore battle to fight before the end really shows the metal of the leader she can be. Well, that's my mark out of uh, 52 that I gave there. Three skiggles and an oscillator. Brilliant. It's, you know, I'm sorry to go on about it, but the quality of that writing is just amazing, isn't it? I particularly like the use of the phrase worth the price of admission and the little uh, more please you're sincerely the fans that's I like my, the word metal. My metal metal yes metal. spelt properly as well m-e-t-t yeah l-e um it's good superb yeah so can we made this network.com by td the last squares um match up to that Tony Filer. We, we can try. Return to form. Uh, this box set is thoroughly recommendable. That's an interesting way of saying it, isn't it? Not at all. Although only if you've heard volume one. Oh, it's a little bit of a negative point. But I think fair enough. It is volume two. Uh, the series certainly courts Blake Seven fans. Every single episode so far features a major character from the parent show. Be that Jenna, Travis, Tarrant or Baben. And one can't help hoping that other familiar faces will show up sooner or later. Later or sooner, sooner or later. That comes from Image of the Fendal, which I just happened to watch recently. Uh, But it stands alone and deserves a wider audience among fans of gritty, exciting, dystopian space opera. I ran out of breath when I said opera. (laughs) There's a certain... I give myself uh, two out of 15 for that reading. There's a certain... Battlestar Galactica reboot vibe. Oh, let's see what the Oscillators of Doom say about your review. So they're very happy. Yeah, that's what I give that one. That sounded a little bit like the noise in uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before, where uh, Spock is interrogating the Valiant's emergency um, uh, probe thing that's ejected. And he's I know exactly what you mean yeah, as well. Does that noise anyway sorry <laughs> Just maybe it was maybe you went back in time and, and provided that noise for them you never know i think that's actually what happened i don't think anyone could reasonably disagree with that uh, very no, sensible point of view that's the truth in, in, <laughs> in all its forms well um we've got one here cultbox.co.uk uh very own rich cross says 
This Big Finish Blake 7 spin-off has felt convincing and credible from the beginning. Thanks hmm. to the combination of strong scripts and Olivia Poulet's thoughtful performance, Avalon has been able to take on the mantle of oh. the icon of anti-Federation rebellion without becoming a Rog Blake clone. And that's five stars, four of them are blue and one is white. Definitely five stars, not four stars. Well, that's an interesting mark there from the old oscillators. It's very, it's quite repetitive. Oh, hold on, something else is happening now. Oh, it's, oh that suddenly hit the jackpot there, didn't it? Wow. That was a real, a real winner there. Uh, so, um, this one is from um, uh, Phil, Philip Edney. Sorry to be over familiar, Philip. Um, who uh, is one of the sirens of audio people? Uh, ah. Yeah, it's fan, a fan, a friend of Dwayne Bunny. Yeah, um, I imagine. I imagine they're friends. They work on the same podcast. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, and he has taken my advice of sending in reviews. So here we go. This is an Avalon Two review. Uh, he says the worlds of Blake Seven have captured the tone of the original show while delving more deeply into characters old and new. It is sometimes difficult to tell who were the heroes and who were the villains. Olivier Poul Olivier Poulet Olivier Poulet, not Lawrence Olivier, has recreated a character in Avalon who we want to follow despite the morally ambiguity she displays. Moral ambiguity. Her interactions with Colin Baker's Baben and Stephen Greif's Travis are wonderful. More adventures for Avalon, please. And Philip gives it his own mark, which is 37 out of 13.2. Philip. Very wise, very wise. Wonderful. I, I wonder what mark you're going to get. Uh, let's find out. <laughs> That's. Oh. It's really strange for it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's quite tender. <laughs> yes, I liked it, I liked it. Well, that's the reviews this week, summed Lovely. up there beautifully by The Machine. Uh, next time we'll be talking about Torch with the five people you kill in Middlesbrough. The Machine! Uh, still to come in the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and are also available segment featuring the worlds of Blake Seven, mm -hmm. Baben Ascending, Ooh. performed, of course, by Colin Baker. Oh, more worlds, Bake Seven. Bake Seven, I just said. <laughs> Bake Seven cakes <laughs> and a hot cross bun. Thank you. But first, let us delve behind the scenes with the latest Stingray release, Monster from the Deep. Anderson Entertainment presents... Stand by for action! I will prepare a little surprise for the accursed Troy Tempest. We are about to launch Stingray! Didn't meet up with that overgrown eel on your way through. Does it look like it? Boy, that's a whale of a coastline. What do we do? Shut our eyes and stick a pin in the chart? Over the side with her. Marie Bell, I am calling Battle 
could happen in the next half hour. Oh, gee. You don't think I'm a spy planning to blow up Marineville, do you, Commander? He will destroy Tempest. Like a tiny sun in the black void of space. If Stingray is in trouble... Stingray! Stingray! No one will come to its aid. Stingray! 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 Stingray, Monster from the Deep, by John Faden. Adapted by Ben Page. Narrated by Wayne Forrester. Hello, my name's Nick Briggs, and I've been playing a mighty King Titan and a Commander Shore in this production of Stingray. Um, but I think it's time to hand over to some other Terranians who will discuss their involvement in this production. And asking some of the questions is that wise Terranian producer Andrew Clements. Hi, I'm Mark Silk. I'm the voice of Troy Tempest. Hi, I'm Wayne Forrester. I'm the voice of Phones, uh, X20 and Jose. Hi there, I'm Jules DeYoung, a.k.a. Atlanta, and a bit of Helga, and Stuart, and I hope she survives. Hi, I'm Mark Silk. I might have also performed the voice of Santos. It's another Stingray classic. Uh, any particular key moments? I don't know. Um, I think for pretty much any time when... Uh, it, it's it's kind of a nice... It's a nice bit of... Uh, uh, action and and uh, anticipation when you see that Troy and the the, the main play you know the, the heroes are in peril not to give too much away and normally kind of they'll come in and save the day but when there's well there's some peril coming up up and and you kind of wonder how they're gonna get it, get out of their little uh, little tricksy situation it's 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 stuff like that T- to be honest every every element of, the, of this thing is fine there's there's just it's classic Jerry Anderson dialogue, and these classic Jerry Anderson characters just doing what they do. The, the, the best bit for me is just spending time in their company. I, I've been enjoying listening to all the other characters' performance as much as performing my own stuff. I just love all the action scenes, and I just, uh, I just love the way the answer to most, most of the, the problems is just to fire a sting missile at it. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's what really gets me. Um, there's a there's a, a nice scene for uh, X two zero and uh, he, he's <laughs> he's kind of masquerading as a wait a waiter for no apparent reason it seems <laughs> well actually no not for no apparent reason and uh, he's sort of sneakily listening in on the conversation with Hagen and Helga and he sort of drops in this hint say I can I can help you I know where Stingray is going. <laughs> I just think it's quite quite a funny scene. For, for me as well, performing the performing Troy Tempest, it's great to perform a classic Stingray line like "Stand by for action." Oh yeah, you. Even though tr- in the opening titles, it was obviously Commander Shaw that says that line, but it, it's it's um, it, all the way through the story. There are lovely little Stingray moments. It, there's a there's a great bit earlier on in the uh, in the in the story where. There's a reference to Fireball XL5. You know, little things like that. If you're a, if you're a fan of Jerry Anderson, you'll you'll really appreciate all these little extra um, little treats and bits of spice that have been put in for us to enjoy. Well, the storyline is this: there's goodies, there's baddies, and there's lots of water and fighting and explosions and scary monsters. 
So it's got everything you'd want. And of course, Atlanta is full of her usual sass. I was loving that. <laughs> yeah, what if you get scared out there? So yeah, she's she's keeping up her side of the bargain and um, gets a lot more action this time. So thank you, Mr. Ryder Ben. Yeah, I think we all love Jules. Jules being the <laughs> only female actor in, in this uh, production and she just plays all these amazing roles and we... <laughs> We all love that. We particularly <laughs> loved, uh, loved Stuart, the cameo role that you played as Stuart, which was just terrific. And what a Atl- Atlanta doesn't take any messing around with this. She, she really no, kicks she us around properly. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, Stuart's a good one. She's got to come back. You wouldn't she mess can't... with Stuart. Who would mess with Stuart? She's a big gal. You have to listen to find out what happens to her. Dun, dun, dun. By the way, after, after each scene, after each scene, very often... We will go dun 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 <laughs> as, if, as if to punctuate it. Well dun 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 dun, dun. any kind of Anderson sort of yeah. sting that Yeah, it, it, it's like we're the budget version of Barry Gray's orchestra. That's right. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The Acapella Orchestra. Just go to bigfinish.com and type monster from the deep into the search pane to dive under the sea into the world below where beauty and mystery can always be found. You know, that's from the song, the extended version. Certainly is. Into the world below where beauty and mystery can always be found. Beautifully badly sung by someone who just came in here and, and took the microphone away from me. I David hope. Singer. Yeah. Nice man. <laughs> Time now for It's Listener's Emails. And if you want to sing a rendition of Captain Scarlet, please. Um, not Captain Scarlet, what am I talking about? Dun, Stingray. Dun, 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 um, dun, dun, dun. You can try. If you want to sing the theme tune, maybe you can email it in and it might even get played on the podcast. Oh, well, do it. You could even do the noises with your mouth, you know. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, or, you know, Stingray. I can't get it to work. It's broken. I broke it. Thank you. Those are the heat rays. Um, Stop begin it. mind probe. And if you want to send your stuff in, send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's P-O-D to the C-A-S-T at bigfinish.com. Send it in. Uh, first up, this one here from Jack Tong. Uh, subject, further adventures. Sorry. The further adventures noise. Hi, Nick and Benji. Uh, I've really been enjoying your audio stories lately and loved the recent release of the Ninth Doctor's adventure, Old Friends, and how it connects with past stories, including The Silver Turk. This has got me wondering, as we've had further adventure sets for Lucy Miller and Charlie Pollard, will we ever see a box set for Mary Shelley? I wish we could see more adventures with her and possibly a conclusion for her adventures with the Eighth Doctor and how it would fit with the haunting of Villa Diodate. Many thanks, Jack. Yes, how would it fit with us? <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Because, of course, they did that, didn't they? Um, not really knowing that we'd done a Mary Shelley story. Um, but I'm sure it could fit, because you know what Doctor Who's like. Um I've certainly no plans to do Mary Shelley uh, further adventures, but I would love to do it. Be um, good fun. Would be good fun. 
Yeah, and the actor who played Mary Shelley, Julie Cox, uh, just had such fun working with her. And she was, yeah, and brilliant. I thought a real class act. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but she'd done a movie, I think, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, a sort of martial arts movie when she was the female lead in it. So all sorts of interesting anecdotes going on there. But yeah, would love to work with Julie again and do, uh, do Mary Shelley. Yeah. Next up, uh, Max Davis Housefield says, well, first of all, subject line is Randomoid Selectron, MP3 Mayhem and Plum Pudding. <laughs> um, dear Nick and Benji, I wanted to thank you for reading out my email a couple of months ago about the MP3 conversions. Yeah, we, we investigated that, didn't we? And especially thank all of the other people who wrote in with suggestions for how to fix my problem. They were right that I don't have the app and I can't get it on any of my devices. Get more devices. <laughs> Oh, sorry, that's not fair. <laughs> However, that hasn't stopped me from having an idea for it. It would be really cool if you could include a Randomoid Selectatron feature in the app that would, in the true spirit of the Randomoid Selectatron, randomly select one of the releases you own for your listening pleasure. It's a good idea, isn't it? It is a good idea. Um, I might suggest that to someone and see them roll their eyes. Uh, Big Finish also inspired me to try my hand at making plum pudding, something I had never heard of in the US before listening to Chimes of Midnight. It took a really long time, but was totally worth it. My family even lit it on fire on Christmas Eve. See attached clips. Sorry, Benji, I can't show you that. But it is a marvellous clip of a plum pudding being set afire on a Christmas Eve. But it's interesting, yeah, there are different traditions in the US and the UK with Christmas. Um, the whole thing about Christmas pudding, yes, is, is not known in America, unbelievably, and yet it seems so intrinsically uh, to do with Christmas in this country, doesn't it? I mean, to the point where for years I wouldn't eat it because I didn't, and I, I forced myself to like it because I felt so left out, and now I adore <laughs> Christmas pudding, but it's only me in too. the last exactly few years. Exactly me, exactly yeah. me. You can't. You can't bear it. I did the same with celery and sprouts when I was young. Anyway, uh, thank you. It's fascinating. If you want to know more, I'm doing a special celery and sprouts podcast later in the week. <laughs> I'm not. Um, thank you again for everything you guys do at Big Finish! Exclamation mark. Important. Mm. The community you have built is so fantastic, as is the stellar content and the wonderful opportunities for fan interaction. Thanks, Max Davis-Hausfield. That last paragraph I uh, thank you, uh, thank you. I that means a lot because that's what we try to do you know we try try to interact as much as possible and you know communicate our love of it all to you for it to be a sort of two-way thing um, so thank you and there's so much you know unpleasantness on the internet isn't there and it's very nice when someone gets in touch and just says something just heartfelt and, and lovely so thank you thank you and i know that people who say rotten things they don't they're not really being rotten they're just you know upset and cross about things in their lives and it just makes them be grumpy outwardly it's a shame but we understand we got one here from Phil Johnson, who oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think Phil's grumpy. Um, subject <laughs> to this one is Missing Doctor, the Missing Doctor. Dear Nick and Benji. I hate you all. Oh, <laughs> Oh, didn't expect that. Uh, I was just wondering, given the news of the new Unbound stories coming later in the year, if you have any plans to round off slash do more stories with David Warner's Doctor at all. Uh, it's all gone quiet since he ended up in our universe. Well, it's Not all Shauna's... continuing, you know, with Bernice Summerfield, isn't it? 
you've had the answer there. So they're yeah. not sure on his availability or health, etc. But it would be wonderful to have him in the booth one more time. Maybe for a regeneration into a new incarnation. Would that be a first and big finish? Not including Sixie's last adventure. Many thanks, Phil. Oh, Phil, I think there are other things coming up with the David Warner Doctor. I'd say that small amount. And on that note, when I say notes, obviously I mean um, this note. It's a space bird. That's really weird, isn't it? Uh, That's it for the emails this week. Well, that large vibrating sound that you just heard there, which sounded like a space bird, actually was the randomoid selectron powering up, would you believe? Really? Yeah, it's longing to deliver you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. So let's see how Nick is coping with the anticipation. As you can see, move to tears there. But before that, it's time for Also Available. This week, we're teasing you with the Worlds of Blake 7, <laughs> Paper and Ascending. Can't quite keep a straight face after that. Performed by Colin Baker, who'll be uh, talking to us about it after the teas. And coffees. Cool. The Worlds of Blake's 7, Paper Ascending. Written by Nigel Fares. Narrated by Colin Baker. Chapter One A Diligent Worker There's an ancient earth legend about a king. A prophet told him he would one day kill his father and marry his mother. He spent his life running away from the prophecy, only to discover at the end of it that he'd been running toward it the whole time. A stranger he'd run over and killed on the road, away from his parents' kingdom, had been his birth father, and the queen that he'd married had actually given birth to him. The moral of the story is supposed to be that however hard you try, you can't escape fate. I'm not so sure. My mother always told me that you make your own fate. She was a wonderful woman big-boned and brash. One was never in any doubt about her opinions. Her face was usually a vivid scarlet, either full of fury or pumped up with pride. And Mother not only possessed strength of character, though comparatively short, her huge arms could, it was said, snap the neck of any animal she cared to serve for dinner with the slightest of effort. Yes, nobody would ever dare to cross Olana Ceris, that's for sure. If she had any flaw, it would have been her sometimes obsessive ambition for me. As degrade pair bonders, she said, my parents had only been allowed one child, and I was a constant disappointment to her. Unlike her, I had little ambition beyond not getting punished or singled out for attention, though occasionally I found myself daydreaming about being a factory supervisor one day. I carried out my duties diligently, 
and always reach the requisite targets in whichever area of Factory 14C I'd been assigned that work cycle. The pacification distribution plant was my favourite. There was something calming about the gentle hiss of gas in pipes, something tranquil even, and the knowledge that one was playing even a small part in making Calros Central work, keeping the city alive, was pleasing. My least favourite work cycles took me to the mining operation departments on the lower levels, not because of the work there, which was relatively undemanding, a matter of simple accountancy, but because of the smell. Hello, I'm Colin Baker. I've just finished recording Baben Ascending, and Big Finish have given me some questions to answer. Question one. What is your connection to Blake Seven? Well, back in the early 80s, where my claim to fame at that point was having been in a series called The Brothers in the previous decade, and I was what you might term a jobbing actor again, I was invited to play a character in an episode of Blake Seven entitled The City at the Edge of the World, I seem to recall, and the character of Baben leapt off the page invitingly. He was... <laughs> <laughs> over the top, shall we say. He was a man who was enraged by the fact that he was the second most feared man in the galaxy, second to Blake, whom he rather looked down upon, and he saw himself as the most feared man in the galaxy. So um, he was prone to these wonderful utterances about his mother. When I'm talking to Villa, I recall saying, who I'm trying to get to do something for me quickly. I said, Babe, my mother used to say to me, she called me, Babe, treat every hour as if it's your last. See you in an hour, Villa. That was the nature of the character. He was someone who knew what he wanted and damn well got it. So it was a lovely character to play. And when I was um, preparing for the role in the studio, I persuaded the um, costume department, they, they offered me a range of props that someone dressed in leather might wear, and I selected all of them. Um, so I had a skull and crossbones, I had um, earrings, I had baubles, I had everything. I was virtually studied with silver glittery stuff um, as of a intergalactic biker. And uh, I'd done about three scenes when dear Via Lorimer said... Um, Oh, were you wearing that stuff in the last scene? I said, yup. He said, oh, well, you better keep it then. And that's how Babe got onto the screen in the way that he did. And um, uh, I was rather irritated when he appeared to have met his quietus um, when a ship exploded, but uh, it didn't explode well enough. And Babe survived, and he is causing havoc even now. And there's some lovely stories coming up, which I am looking forward to recording. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Baben Ascending. Baben is B-A-Y-B-A-N. Ascending, well, look it up. Into the search engine, uh, search pane, there's no engines. At the top. To enter. To, to encounter this fiend.
Don't forget that we're just minutes away from our 15-minute <gasps> drama tease of Ooh. Unit Nemesis 2. But first... It's the Randomoids Electrotron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And here it is. Ran has come up with number 170, Doctor Who, Spaceport Fear. Spaceport Fear. Colin Baker and Bonnie Langford. Yeah, it's got a lovely... William Gallagher. Yeah, it's got a lovely cover, hasn't it? It has. It's very, very... If uh, I could just type the title in. Spaceport. The sixth fear. doctor in his lovely blue attire for this one. Yes, there we go. Yes. Oh, it's not the cover I was thinking of. <laughs> Still a nice cover. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, and who directed this old thing then? Barnaby, Barnaby Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, I bet it's got a great cast. Beth Chalmers. Barnaby Edwards is actually in it. He plays the information booth. So there you go. Right, here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Spaceport Fear. Welcome to Tartane Spaceport. We apologise for the delay to your journey. Well, this should be one of the busiest spaceports in the galaxy, yet it seems completely deserted. It's time. How do I look? Terrified. Thanks. What do I see in you again? We, we welcome, welcome Elder Bones. Your welcome is received. Those of you with candles, step closer so that all might see. I'm Mel, and this is the Doctor. Did you see something? By the far vent, maybe. Maybe? Well, I can't see properly, can I? I keep telling them if we could just divert power to lights, we could see what's going on. I have been known to light up a room. Usually with his coat of many colours. Charming. Now's our chance to kill it. Get over here, Rogers, and start blasting. Don't worry, Doctor. I'm sure they'll be perfectly safe. (laughs) Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. I think it might have been the first time that Ronald Pickup worked for us. Sadly, no longer with us. A great actor with all sorts of amazing credits to his name. Second time, second time. First was uh, Doctor Who Time Works. Time Works? Mm. Really? Apparently so, yeah. Wow. Ronald Pickup played Kestorian in that one. Absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, that's not in the Randomized Electron offer. It's just Spaceport Fair. Sorry. Don't want to get over generous. Um, so, while I email Jackie Emery at uh, Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach the offer to, Benji, please explain how you get. The 25% discount. It would be a pleasure. Good. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com. Once you're on bigfinish.com, you will have the menu on the page. Go to podcasts on the menu, click it, and it will come up with the podcast. There, click read more. And in the blurb underneath the picture of myself and Nick, it should say the Randomoid Selectatron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code yeah. buck up. And that's buck up B U C K U P. No spaces, no punctuation, no complication, and you can get your hands on this wonderful release. 
Beautifully done. Thank you very well, much. Well, yeah, and thanks, Ran. It's uh, another knockout surprise, actually. Oof. Oh, dear. Uh, next oh, week's podcast... Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. Hold on, I just need a little bit of... Um... Noise. That's going weird now. Ooh. That's... Sounds like the Dalek time ship. It does, doesn't it? Brilliant. I'll just get a really... Um unconvincing uh, robot double of the doctor to (laughs) (laughs) conquer everything Um, next week's podcast is entitled Avengers 8th and features the Avengers the comic strip adaptations volume 6 and our special 8th of March release Protectors of Time well just Time now to thank you all once again for listening and continuing to support our audio endeavours. Please, whatever you do, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and pass the word around about Big Finish. For the love of stories. (laughs) Better. Stop it! Time now for Unit Nemesis 2, Agents of the Volprene, The Man from Gallifrey, by Andrew Smith. Where is he? I can't see him! Calm yourselves, three. Panicking won't help. Oh, really, two? I think panicking is exactly the right reaction when we're being chased and shot at. Will you two both be quiet? Oh, Oh, he's closing in. We've got to run. For once, we agree. How about that? The Eleven, flat on his face. Good look. Casper! So, this is how it ends. At this distance, you might even be able to hit me. <laughs> I wasn't aiming to hit you. You're exactly where I want you, in this gully. Look behind you. Huh? That lava flow will be here in moments. Even this distance, the heat. Quite something, isn't it? So you put on a glove? A utility gauntlet. Standard issue these days. Useful, the controlling say, a personal energy shield. Oh, so you can stand there and watch as I burn to a cinder. (laughs) Believe it or not, I can offer you a way out. I just need to teleport it here. Ah, there it is. A Volprene arch? I saved this one for you. It will reunite you with your Volprene friends. Ah, now it's open. If you're going, you haven't much time. Uh, The lava will submerge the arch for eternity. If we go through, there will be no coming back. The one gets it. Go or stay and burn. Either works for me. I can't bear the heat anymore! Oh, all right. 
We shall meet again, Haspa. No, we shan't. Huh? Never had any choice, not really. Gone for good. Enjoy your confinement, Eleven, with the compliments of the Celestial Intervention Agency. Pressure, 123 over 76. Splendid. If you say so. Splendid for a human, at least. I assume the same for you, old chap. Hello there. Hello, Kate. Kate Stewart. Are you to be my interrogator today? Oh, I'm privileged. I'm just checking how your weekly medical's going. I finished. He's A1 as per. <laughs> it's intriguing, the care you take over my health, when you all must hate me so much. Oh, hate is a strong word. I'm also here to ask if you've changed your mind about cooperating. Yeah, this is becoming tedious, my dear. We told you, if you want our help getting your friend back, the price will be our freedom. It's a perfectly reasonable request. I'm getting used to your different selves. That's the two, isn't it? Oh, she thinks she's so clever. And the five. There will be no deals for your freedom. Then you'll never see Jackie McGee again. She'll rot on the other side of the arch. Oh, I say, steady on. Oh, we'll get her back. We're working on it. But with your knowledge of the arch, we could achieve it much quicker. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> it's been three months and you've got nowhere. And you'll continue to get nowhere unless we reach a compromise. I said, no deal. Repairing the arch will take knowledge you haven't got, but I do. I'll tell you one thing I've not told you before. What's that? I'm more than familiar with the arch. I helped build it. You did? So, who better to repair it? Think on that. Do you want to share any other secrets? Like what you were doing on the other side of the arch in the first place and how you got there? Uh, no. Time we were going, Harry. Right you are. Think about what I said, Kate Stewart. And think on this too. One way or another, you won't hold me here forever. Oh, I agree, absolutely not. You'll be moved at some point. Parkhurst, I shouldn't wonder. 
Bye for now. Do you think he's right? That we'll need him if we're going to repair the arch? I have faith in Osgood. And I've just about enough time to check in with her and Josh before I head for the Starseeker conference. There will be no deals with the Eleven. This looks like a good spot. I'll cut here. I'll fetch the laser scalpel. Hello, you two. How's it going? <sighs> Slowly. I'm going to cut away a sample of the arch to examine under an electron microscope. Well, that may tell us more than the molecular scan I conducted in Edinburgh. I just had a chat with the Eleven. He told me he actually helped build this thing. Really? Well, that's interesting. I suppose he's still crowing about how we'll never get it working again without him. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, then it'll be all the more satisfying when we do. I'm not giving up any time soon. Well said. Let me know how it goes. I'll be at the conference. It's a shame you can't be there too, Osgood, when you put so much work into the Starseeker. My place is here until we get Jackie back. Call me if anyone has any questions on the technical side. Will do. See you both in a few hours. Enjoy the conference. All right, Josh. Jackie's on the other side of this arch. Let's crack on with getting her back. Hello? Hello? Can anyone hear me? Please? Ah, you're awake. I'm so pleased. Uh, yes, I'm awake, I'm awake. I wasn't sleeping, I swear. I'm ready for my work period, Master. Now, now, there is no need for that. No more work periods for you. Nor should you prostrate yourself so. Let me help you up. You flinched. I'm sorry, Master. There's no need to be afraid of me. And please, my name is August. There shall be no more Master. Yes, Master. Yes, Orcus. Uh, You've been through such a terrible ordeal, you poor thing, but I'm so proud of you. We all are. I don't understand. What am I doing here? Then I found out what atrocious conditions they were keeping you in. Little better than an animal. I just had to intervene. You did? Yes. We know you were not to blame for the destruction and death that accompanied your arrival on this world. Your Valprene jailers were excessive in their treatment of you, for which I apologize. For which the Lord Varlis apologizes. Lord Varlis, he, he, he spoke about me. You will meet him at the appropriate time. That would be an honor. Lord Varlis is pleased that you have been educated in Valprene history. In our 
cruel plight. Yes, it is a tragic fate. You are cut off from your world, just as we are cut off from ours. Though at least in your case, your world still exists. The Valprine have no home. Not anymore. Valpra was taken from us. Now, we seek a new home. It was part of my education. It is the duty of all Valprine to find a new Valpra. You are a good pupil, aren't you? And how shall the Valprine find their new home? Shall they wait for it? No. No, indeed. We must take it. Sadly, it is likely we shall have to fight for it. Because the poor Valprine... The peace-loving Valprine... The Valprine have powerful enemies. If we do not fight for our future, we shall perish. The Valprine must not perish. No, this honorable and honored race, certainly not. When the time comes, when the arch opens again, we must be ready to take our chance. And you can help in that, Jackie McGee. Will you do that? Will you help? Say you will. Yes. Yes, I will. About time. Sorry to keep you waiting, Lieutenant, though I will have to ask you to bear with us a little longer. I brought you a mug of tea. I'd prefer an explanation as to why I'm being held here. I thought the Tower of London stopped being a prison decades ago. Oh, you're not a prisoner. Oh, I'm free to leave then, am I? I'd like us to have a chat first, but in a little while. Oh, so I'm not free to leave. In the meantime, I need to speak with our friend Hasper. The guy who claims to be an alien. That's the one. You showed a degree of scepticism about that earlier. What do you think now? Like I said, I'm a practical man. Aliens. I was doubtful. But I trust what I see with my own eyes. And that energy shield, or whatever you call it, was like nothing I've ever seen before. You have an open mind? I try. An open mind and selflessly brave. That's a good combination. We'll discuss that some more. Captain Carter will keep you company until I come back. And when will that be? The MOD will be expecting me back. We've spoken to them. They know you'll be delayed. Why not sit and have your tea? No, thanks. Shame. It's a nice brew. I just had a look at your military file. It's an impressive record. Distinguished service in the Parachute Regiment, then Special Forces. You've certainly seen some action. That's what I joined up for. Well, unit has its moments, too. More than a few. Alien threats are a daily thing, aren't they? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Hello again. All right, Mr. Hasper, why don't you tell me what you're doing here? I'm a troubleshooter. I've been sent to sort out some difficulty that you've got yourselves into. What would that be? 
The Eleven. I'm well aware you're holding him. I must admit I'm impressed you managed to catch him. I had the devil of a job myself. You caught the Eleven? Before he was your prisoner, he was mine. And he should have stayed that way, honestly. What more can a fellow do? I forced him into a temporal void, then sealed his only exit in a lava flow that was then submerged in an ocean for millions of years. Normally that would be enough, but oh no, not when humans are involved. You were responsible for the arch being under the Mull lava flow. I sent the Eleven through the arch just before it was buried. The High Council of the Time Lords sent me to Earth after they detected the arch had been reactivated. The trail led me to you, and I'm here to tell you your situation is highly dangerous. But the Eleven is in custody now. There's much more at stake here than whether the Eleven is at liberty. The safety of the universe throughout all time is under threat, and in the immediate future your planet is in danger of invasion. Invasion by whom?